0: Welcome to All The Things Podcast. I am Regina Lawrence, your host. I am a lawyer turned soulful business and life strategist and a transformational mindset coach. I'm also the founder of the community All The Things Business. I have created a community of women who can truly be all of the things, successful, spiritual, sexual, and wildly unique, all while creating a life of purpose and passion according to our own rules. We don't have to look or be the person that society dictates or demands for us to be anymore. We don't have to play by somebody else's rules. We can truly be whoever we want, and that person can be all of the things. Welcome to my podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of All the Things podcast. Today's episode is all about marketing, marketing yourself online, and a little bit about marketing yourself in person. Something that I am so fascinated with in my own business as a business coach, and also with my clients who I work with who are business owners, is how can we market our products, services, and businesses well and effectively and in a way that is different? How do we show up different online? How do we break the norms? How do we not do something that maybe worked 10 years ago because we're living in a different climate and a different time. Our guest today is one of my favorite people to talk to, really about anything in my business, but especially marketing because he is really a creative genius when it comes to marketing in any type of business. He'll probably hate me for saying that, but Kyle Petyak is he has such a beautiful creative mind. He has an incredible ability to create and scheme and come up with so many different types of ways to not just market your business, but how can you do something a little bit differently, a little bit different than the norm. Kyle currently works as a chief marketing officer in the financial industry, but he also has done a lot of work with online marketing via Facebook ads, Instagram ads. He's also a very talented videographer and photographer, and he brings all of that creative genius together to come up with really interesting ideas to help people market and show up online a little bit differently. So in today's episode, we talk, about a, we talk about a lot of different things in marketing. We talk about how can we update our mindset around marketing so that we're not doing maybe the same things that we did 10 years ago, or maybe something that worked on a different medium like television commercials, how it doesn't necessarily translate to the online space, like to Instagram. We talk about how do we understand who our target audience is and who is in who is actually engaging with our content. Um, we talk a little bit about how entrepreneurship is not necessarily for everyone, and that's a really good thing. It's not we're not all meant to be entrepreneurs, but we're living in this moment in time where it feels like the cool thing to do, and that's just not the case. Um, Something else we tap into, which I talk about quite a bit, is what's the why behind your business? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why did you create this business? Because that why, that reasoning behind, carries into how you market your business, how you sell your products, how you sell your services and goods. So I hope you guys love this episode. I think it's so interesting. I think Kyle is such an interesting human being and has such beautiful ideas and if you have any questions or want to connect with him he's on instagram at kyle Petyak. the last name is interesting it's exactly phonetically as it's spelled k-y-l-e and then the last name p-e-t-y-a-k that's where you can connect with him if you're interested in learning more about what he does with marketing photography and videography especially if you are in the greater phoenix and scottsdale area so with that, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I will see you next week.
1: We are recording. Are we already, re-
0: are we are
1: already recording? Those are words, and I think you can use them. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> well, before we started this podcast, I closer. I had two cocktails. How many? Two. Two. But they were, you know, they were decent sized. So sometimes... The second one
1: wasn't a huge glass, but I think that's just your preference, right?
0: It's a tall glass. It doesn't mean there's more alcohol. It just means that... It's more a club soda to drink. Oh. But if I even have one cocktail, I get a little tongue-tied.
1: Uh-oh. That's not what you want to do when you have a podcast because it's I can all still, about talking. Listen,
0: tongue-tied or not, I can still articulate my words.
1: Yeah. Lawyered.
0: <laughs> so when we were sitting having drinks, you started talking about your earliest entrepreneurial ventures when you were mm. 15 years old. I did. When did you, f- what did you first do as an entrepreneur?
1: Um, yeah, so that was, uh, an interesting experience. I remember it was my guys, I was watching my dad as a kid and he quit his job as a commercial real estate broker and started this landscape business. And I guess one of the things I that I, I, I value that he taught me, it was like the sort of the way to be an entrepreneur is you just start something and go after it and figure it out. So when I was 15, I took a small loan from him, a couple hundred bucks, and I bought all the equipment I needed to detail cars. And then I started with the family, with the neighbors, with family's neighbors, and literally just then knocking on doors and meeting people and offering detailing services. And I was like a 16-year-old when I finally got a car, um, you know, I would do two to three cars a weekend from 75 to $150 a pop. You know, as a 16-year-old in 2003.
0: You were balling, Ballin'. Uh-huh. Ballin'. And then, when was your next entrepreneurial pursuit post post that time in your life?
1: Pretty much now. Yeah, uh, I mean, because after that, you know, I was in school, worked random jobs, high school. Then I joined the Navy, and so there wasn't much entrepreneurial ship in the Navy.
0: And how long were you in the Navy for?
1: Eight years. Jesus. No, nope, just eight years, not Jesus.
0: <laughs> what do you do now in business?
1: So, what do I do now? It's a good question. Yeah. Where's the elevator pitch for that?
0: I don't know. You
1: can't teach, tell it to a five-year-old. I would like it in 30 it.
0: seconds in the languaging of a third grader.
1: Go. Right. So I do all the content marketing and creative for a financial planning firm. So I run all of our Facebook ads. I make all of our videos. Um, and I do all of our like digital sales funnels, emails, autoresponders, things like that.
0: So the reason why I wanted to have you on my podcast is because you have a lot of opinions You have a lot of opinions about a lot of things, Mm. but you have a lot of opinions about marketing and how people are doing marketing well and how people are really fucking up marketing. What is the worst? What are some of the top, let's say top five worst things you see with people who are marketing themselves online specifically?
1: Marketing themselves or businesses or what? Themselves
0: or their businesses.
1: I just think people are misinformed. They're used to what they were marketed with. And then they're just trying to figure out a way to recreate that. So as growing up, they saw TV commercials and they're like the gold standard to them in their mind as a TV commercial. Mm-hmm. And so they think that, Oh, if I just create a thing that says what I do, that's sort of broad in general. And I put it on Facebook and try and show it to as many people as possible. Like they're going to resonate with it. However, you have to like, they're, they're missing the context and the, of the content. Right. So when that stuff worked. You had the whole family sitting around watching friends or Seinfeld or whatever was coming out back in the day. And there wasn't much like you had a personal attachment to Jerry Seinfeld or whatever the show was. And then you expected the commercial to be about something random to inform you about something you may or may not need. However, when you're scrolling through Facebook, what are you seeing when you're scrolling through Instagram? It's your friend, this girl you think super hot, this dude that you want to like, like, slide in his whatever it is mm-hmm. and then like i don't know uh, a bleach ad You're like what how does that make sense to me mm-hmm. but if it was like the bleach ad was someone that looked like one of your friends spills red wine at a cocktail party and then she runs home and has a bleach pen and like fixes like that might work but it, that no one does that they just show like hey we're clorox buy bleach it's like that doesn't make any sense And individuals like do the same thing because that's what they were like indoctrinated with. So I think what they could do to make that better Mm -hmm. is just keep in mind what people are doing. I see cat pictures and like granddaughters and their own, like, what do you look at? What do you skip over when you are scrolling through Facebook? When you're scrolling through Instagram, does it make sense?
0: So one of the things you said for like the family sitting around watching Seinfeld is the context for the content, right? Right. In the online marketing space, what is, you, you, you have just said it a little bit, but I want you to expand on the context for the content. What makes more sense? Let's talk specifically about Instagram. Okay. What makes more, what is the context for the content on Instagram in terms of how we are marketing and advertising to people?
1: Alright, so obviously, well it's not obvious. I hate sorry, I hate when people say that. <laughs> they leave a statement with obviously Well because it's
0: obvious to you.
1: It's obvious to me. Yeah. Right. So with a platform, given platform, television, um whatever, it doesn't matter. You have to look at who is consuming. So if I know that the typical audience on Instagram is in said age range, given, I don't know. 25 to 45, let's just give that as, an, as a demographic, as an age range. Well, why I need to make content for those people. I'm not trying to make something for a 12-year-old on a platform that largely skews towards middle age. That wouldn't make any sense. And the, it's not going to get a response. It's going to cost me a ton in ad spend. It's not going to work. So it's just exactly that. It's, you know, so using Jerry Seinfeld, they probably knew... their their general demographic, the people that watch the show. And then they strategically placed ads after and before and inside of the shows about products and services or whatever that related to their demographic. And that's how they sold ad dollars. That's how Jerry Seinfeld made a million dollars an episode is because he had the viewership and because the advertisers knew that this is their demographic. So I think people think that Facebook is like, or social media, Instagram, Instagram is like this, it's this wonder platform, this amazing thing that they can just post an ad and, get a return from like everyone, like the, I I hear so many like gurus and they're all they're saying is like, well, if you're not running ads yet, like just run an ad. Mm. It's like, no, it's, it's, you have to understand some basic human psychology. You have to look at the data and understand the numbers and then think about, you know, what moves you. If something, I mean, we were saying this earlier before, it's like, if you don't even take the time and effort to create a piece of content that you actually put energy into that you Mm -hmm. care about, why the fuck would anyone else care about it? So that didn't answer your question.
0: Uh, it sort of answered my question, but something that you said, you talked about identifying who's consuming your content.
1: Mm.
0: How does somebody listening identify who's consuming their content?
1: Uh, so there's a couple of simple tools that people can use. Um, thanks for that softball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay,
0: wait. Before you answer this question, I actually want you to answer it in two parts. Okay, there's there's going to be two types of people who are listening. So it's measuring who's consuming based on ads, but I also want the entrepreneur who's listening who isn't putting out ads, but still should be gauging who's consuming their content.
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, like there's simple tools out there that if you don't know about them, that can drastically change the way that you the things that you create and how you create them and how you make them. And uh, Google makes these free tools. Facebook makes these free tools. And you just have to have a little basic understanding how to use them. There's one thing called the Facebook pixel. So Facebook makes a product. It's called a pixel. It's a little line of code. You put it onto your website and what the Facebook pixel will then do is allow you to create a custom audience. So you can create this custom audience based upon people who actually go to your website. Mm -hmm. And then you can look at the audience insights tab, which is a, a feature inside the Facebook ad manager and inside the audience insights tab based upon your custom audience of from your pixel, the data for everyone that's gone to your website in the past 180 days. So it looks back six months, even if you put it today and you never had it on, it'll be able to look back six months at all your traffic. And then it will tell you the audience insights of users that have visited your Facebook that also, or your website that also have a Facebook profile. So you'll be able to see, like, maybe you had no idea, but the people who are reading your blog or watching your videos or going and checking out your products or services on your website, they are of whatever demographic, maybe they're in their mid forties and they all have college. like 90% of them have college degrees and they all live in, you know, Boca Ratan in Florida. And you're like, oh man, okay. So like, what's unique about Boca? And then you figure out like they all do X in Boca. Mm-hmm. So then maybe you make some piece of video that every single middle-aged, you know, 40 year old woman that went to college who lives in Boca would totally identify with, maybe it's a pair of sandals or a pair of shoes or a bar or a, a drink or something that they all can, they all would know and like create something that would resonate with them. So like Facebook has this term and Insta, you know, Instagram is owned by Facebook. So like Facebook has this term called thumb stopping. Like, can you make thumb stopping content? Because people are Mm. scrolling with their thumbs. I've never heard that before. Yeah. So they have thumb stopping content. Like, can you create something that is thumb stopping? And one way to really create some thumb stopping content is to call out something that someone cares about. So if there's a whole demographic of people that are all going to and interacting with your stuff that you didn't even know existed, and then you can reverse engineer that just by installing a simple piece of code on your website and then looking at the insights around it. Like do that, and it's the same thing with Google. So Google has a tag, and it's with within your um, Google Analytics. If you don't have Google Analytics installed on your website, you probably should do that. Um, and then you can look at the Google Analytics too. Like, what are people doing that are also going to your website? What are they searching? What do they look at? What do they look like? What are the insights around this audience? Are they coming from social? Are they going directly to your website? Are they? You know, did they search for whatever keyword or search topic? And then you happen to pop up and they came from Google search. So there's all this demographic information that you can get to understand where your clients are coming from, where your prospects are coming from, where your website visitors are coming from. And then you just work backwards. So it's a way to work backwards. You're like, okay, all these people from that look like this and sound like this, like are going to my website, like, what can I do? and here's like probably it's probably not very PC to say in like today's day and age and culture, but you stereotype to death, mm-hmm. right? If Karen's coming to your website and Karen cares about X, <laughs> Y, and Z, you know, she cares about protecting her dog or whatever. I don't know the stereotypes. Like what's Karen
0: show- cares about her, Bob and uh, her dog. Right. Her come on, dogs. come
1: on. But I mean, you know, if you, for you, for you, for example, right? Like your audience would be entrepreneurs and coaches and people who want to be successful and blah, blah, blah. Like, think about the television shows that those people watch the radio shows. They listen to the blogs that they read. Mm-hmm. They probably watch shark tank. They probably listen to Tony and to Dean Grazioso and to Russell Brunson. Cause they're trying to figure out like what entrepreneurs need to do to generate more traffic, to journey more sales, to get more leads, to build their business bigger and bigger and bigger. When they're looking for processes and systems are probably looking at, you know, uh, Seth Godin and all these other people that yeah. are really good at processes and systems. So like those are the people that they're following. Well, one of the cool things is you can directly pivot off of that. So you can be like, all right, anyone who likes Seth Godin, I just came up with an online course about how to build a process with inside your business. Like I'm going to target people who are entrepreneurs and also follow Seth Godin. Maybe that would work. I don't know. And then you try it out. And then you test it. You know, you test it with a small budget at first and then if it works, then you ramp it up and you scale and scale and scale and you see if you how big you can get. Mm-hmm. Right? Like and then that brings in like ad fatigue and all these like, but that like none of those other things matter, right? At step one, Mm -hmm. the first step is just knowing what to make and then just making it and doing it again and then doing it for three years and then, you know, and and adjusting and pivoting along the way.
0: Well, the thing that you just outlined and explained, which is something that I teach and talk about all the time is you just described a way of doing market research. Hmm. So we don't just, and, and correct me if I'm, misinterpreting what you're saying. We shouldn't just be creating self-serving content. We should be creating content that is specifically for the audience that we're serving.
1: I don't know. It depends. Like yes and no. Okay. I feel like if your sole goal, right. And you're just, and which is not a bad thing, but if you simply like are trying to grow the business, get the sale, get the leads. Yeah. Reverse engineer the audience. And the tools are out there. The one, the the pixel Google marketing tags, Google analytics, Facebook audience insights, all those things are out there for you to utilize, to reverse engineer your ideal customer. Mm -hmm. 100%. However, there are those people that they're like strictly creatives and they just want to create content. And to those that I say, make the things that you want to make and don't worry about the noise. Like, you know, I've done some silly little videos. I made two actually. I'll quantify that. Just two mm-hmm. silly little videos, real dumb, but they were fun. My friend and I, we made them together. They were silly. They're about a minute long. Like doesn't matter. I wanted to put those out. Am I going to sell anything off that? No, but for me it was fun. It was creatively engaging. It was cool to do. It was a learning experience. Cause I got to edit the video and write the script, put it together, like do that too. But Yes, like from your entrepreneurs, if you're trying to reverse engineer or you're trying to figure out who your audience is and let's for this example, you have a working website that has traffic. It doesn't like some traffic. Reverse engineer the people who are already like engaging with your stuff, because realistically, you have to come up with a number. Your, you know, your MVA, your minimum viable audience. Mm -hmm. How many people do you need to consume and to buy and to purchase your stuff to be able to live the life that you want to live? You have to answer that question.
2: Yeah.
1: If it's a hundred people, you know, that's great. Mm-hmm. If you sell a service, that's a thousand bucks a month or 500 bucks a month and you can get a hundred people to pay you that. So that's a good freaking living,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, but yeah, hundred people be, at a
0: thousand dollars a month. That's a nice life.
1: You better be fucking good at what you do. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You better be really good because if you're not good, you know, the market will chew you up and spit you out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the beauty of it. The cream will rise to the top. You know? <laughs> so it's like it, you, you don't get a free pass. All the tools are available. Everyone has access to it. There isn't a single person without access to a computer. As long as you have access to a computer and the internet, you can create a website for super cheap or free, Mm -hmm. right? In a lot of cases, free. You can write your thoughts down and post them for free. Yep. You can distribute your ideas, your thoughts, your passions for free. And you can figure out something that someone needs. I think like the core of entrepreneurship, right, is problem solving. Absolutely. When I was 15 years old, I had a problem to solve. There's people who had dirty cars and I was good at cleaning them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got super detailed, right? Like I brought Q-tips. I would like get into the, <laughs> the vents and like Q-tip the vents out. I was like cleaning with alcohol, like the cracks along the chair, like just literally super detailed. And that's why at 15 and 16 years old, people were paying me 150, sometimes more to clean their Lexuses and their Mercedes and their Beamers and all this stuff. You know, and I'm like sitting here at 16, like balling. I would spend three hours on a car. But like that was a good, that was sweet for me. I had, a, there was a simple problem to solve, dirty car. Mm-hmm. I acquired the skills and the, the knowledge and I was able to, I didn't care. Like I literally knocked on doors for, I knocked on doors. I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, my name's Kyle. I clean cars. Here's my card. I made simplest form of marketing. Right. But I think that early experience in rejection really set me up for the ability to take rejection all day long. Like I don't care. I'll take a hundred nos. doesn't hurt me. It like, doesn't affect me in the slightest. Yeah. I'll sit there on the phone. And I know at the end of the day, um, all the creative marketing, all cool videos. Like I have all this, the cameras and the drones and the knowledge and the blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, the thing that's going to drive the needle is creating a list, mm-hmm. whether that's through generating a list through your websites or whatever, or actively going out there. I mean, I still do it today. Um, If if there's a demographic of people I want to work with, I will spend a week. I'll make a list of a thousand people and I'll call them for the next two weeks and I'll send them emails and I'll call them and I'll email them and I will get them to tell me no. Mm -hmm. And if they don't fucking say no, then I'm not stopping calling. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that's the magic, except for people don't want to do that anymore.
0: No, I was going to say the fact that you do that is such a unique thing. And it's something that in digital marketing, people rely so heavily on the ads and the content they put out online. such bullshit. But they don't, the the human connecting component they've totally abandoned.
1: People are terrified. Yeah. They're terrified. And I don't blame them.
0: What are they terrified of? Do you think? It's rejection. Yeah.
1: They don't want to hear a no. Mm -hmm. Because what happens, I guess in people's minds is that, What they hear is, is they don't just hear like, no, they hear like, you suck. Mm
0: -hmm. They take it personally.
1: And you know what? You do. (laughs) If you get, if you let that no, that first no, and you're like, hey man, what's up? My name is Kyle. And, uh, you know, I run a auto in-home auto detailing. Don't need it. I suck at detailing. (laughs) What? No, that's just one person. Who cares? Yeah. Next. And then you get better and you get better or you don't and you quit and you'll get a job at fucking whatever, you know? And that's not bad too. It's not a bad thing. Like go get a job. Not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur. No. Right. Like he who takes the risk reaps the rewards and that's okay. That's fine. Maybe a risk for you is literally just getting a job. You're like, Oh man, it's so scary. Like how do I get an interview? How do I update my CV and my resume? Like how do I get these things in order? Sometimes that is a big deal for people.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Cool. That's totally fine. But for those who want to get into the entrepreneurship game, Like I think, well, Gary Vee says it all the time. Like entrepreneurship is like put on a pedestal right now. And everyone wants to write entrepreneur in their like Instagram bio. Like, what do you actually sell? Right. Like I, this happened like, I don't know, two months ago. It's like, I saw this fucking dude driving around old town Scottsdale here Mm -hmm. in a rented Lambo. (laughs) He drove (laughs) like circles, (laughs) Yeah. taking photos of himself, Mm -hmm. selfies in the Lambo. It was a rented Lambo. Yeah. And then I actually saw it come up on my Instagram stories. I feel like a two days later,
0: that same guy, same
1: guy. And I'm like this dude, this motherfucker. It's <laughs> like, it's fucking fake. He spent 150, 200 bucks for an hour in a Lambo. Like, what does that serve him? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. And I think it was like, like trying to sell some coaching or, or, I don't know, some bullshit. I'm just like, come on, bro.
0: But that's the persona that he feels like he needs to put out there to to, to look valuable.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe he generated some sales from it. I don't know. I don't know. Like for me though, like that stuff is so obvious. It's like, it's so obvious.
0: I think that consumers have gotten really smart. Like, I don't know if I'm saying the years right, but in my brain in like 2006 or 2008, it was like the rise of the entrepreneur. It's when influencers started to become a thing and people- Really then? It was cause I was in law school. Mm. Okay. I was in law school in 2009 and I remember like seeing girls on Instagram wondering like, how does this bitch have a Chanel bag? Was like- there
1: Instagram in 2009? Yeah. I don't know. I dude, I had, I was, I had just joined the military. Super fresh.
0: Uh, there was Instagram when I was in law school for sure.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, I agree. 2009,
0: 2010, somewhere around okay. then. And there were influencers. And I remember during that period of time it was like people with like wads of cash like on the beach in Bali. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, and I remember being in law school thinking what the fuck do these people do? No. But it was like a new exciting thing and it worked. Right. Like the flash was like, "Ooh, I want that life lifestyle. I want a millennial who's on the beach." But I yeah. think now people have gotten so smart. And like have they question so much more?
1: It's funny because it's like, leave it to marketers, right? Marketers will break something as fast as humanly possible to like ruin it for everyone else. But good, Mm -hmm. right? Like, cool. They innovate and then they they change and adapt and people grow and learn and change. But like talking about that, like like it's like attention spans. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Like we thought that people were dumb that You had six seconds to get someone's attention, and then if it wasn't, they're like, going to. But, like, th- we know that's not true now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, think about Game of Thrones. Yeah. Literally, Game of Thrones changed everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We learned that people are super smart. They can hold complex plot lines and series and character development and story arcs over the course of 10 years. Yep. And be super emotionally attached and remember the intricate details of these people's lives. And it's like, no. So, when it, like, I even tell. Here. I people that I work with clients that I work with whenever we're ever creating content and like they're like well I heard that it needs to be a minute a video under a minute I'm like if it gets your message across totally I was like yes there is some factor of within the first few seconds you got to give them a reason to stop mm-hmm. but that's been always forever yep like if you walk by 10 stores and one is just like in your face you're like what's that store about Same thing on social media. If you swipe by a hundred posts and one is like really stands out, you're like, Oh shit, what's that about?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's not, that doesn't make you dumb. No, doesn't make your attention span poor. It just means that content is subjective. Right. But good is good. Mm. (laughs) And there's a lot of not good. You know, we have a system of values for a reason. Like we value other things. And sometimes some things just aren't good. Yeah. But You know, when it comes, like you asked me a a question about a client you had, you know, uh, you said, should should her video to get people to join her community be about a minute long? It's like, maybe. It's like, but she needs in the first nine or so seconds, like she needs to give people a reason to stop. And then I think Simon Sinek said it best is you have to start with why everyone starts with what they all know what they do. What do you do? I sell X, Y, Z. How do you do it? Well, this is how we sell the thing. Why do you do it? It pays me. Like, no, no, no. Why do you do this thing? The reason that I created this community is because I wanted to connect with people on a deeper level, to be able to really explore this thing, and how we do it is we use Facebook and these different mediums. Oh, and what I do is charge a hundred bucks for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, I get that. Cool, hundred bucks done. I mean that uh, VaynerX got me it was Stork. You know, mm-hmm. it was three hundred bucks. Like at the Sasha Group, what we do is we help small to medium sized businesses really understand the dynamics of marketing and create content that really sells individual. And how we do it is we use a unique Facebook group that allows only small small individual Facebook groups that we do. You know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday live trainings and really in depth. Blah blah blah. Oh, and it's three hundred dollars. Mm. Like, okay, f- cool, three hundred bucks, whatever. Like, that's the what.
0: Yeah, but the why is so important But if you can
1: tell me the why first mm-hmm. And give me the why behind why I need this thing Or why you do this thing What's the passion behind it? Give me the reason Then like what You're speaking to a different level in my brain
2: mm-hmm.
1: You're not speaking to that, that frontal cortex That logical analytical side You're speaking to the emotional side That does things with for no reason When you're like, oh, I, I felt that thing what do you mean you felt it? What does that even mean? Like, can you describe that? I just, I don't know. I just felt it. It felt right to me. Like I, you can't put words to that. There is no words to that. You know, so what's
0: the, what's the, for, so for you, what is the why of what you do, what you do? Why do you do it?
1: So, uh, my job in the military was a corpsman. I was a Navy medic it's called a corpsman. And I was stationed in the Marine Corps. And then I was stationed at the, Naval, at the Naval hospital in Balboa. Um, and so like my whole young adult life from 19, 20 was when I joined. 19 was when I dipped. Dept, I depted in on September 11th, 2006. It's mm. so like on the day of the thing. Mm-hmm. And then I joined the Navy on January 28th, 2007. And um, that's when I shipped out to boot camp. But my job was caring for sailors and Marines. Like that was like to actually, to help people save lives and do the things and work in medical clinics and take care of people. So like, I didn't know like what I was going to do post military, but I just knew like no matter what, it had to help people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was studying biology. I was going to like Scottsdale community, taking like some biology courses and like planning on maybe either applying back to the military or some doing something in medicine, like continuing down that road, whether it was like a PA or I mean a full MD sounded like a lot. I don't know something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was just presented with an opportunity to work in business. And like, like my friend is a photographer and he wants to start this like marketing agency and I needed some money at the time because I was just living off student loans and my VA payments, which weren't like enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, fine, sure. Let's do this to try it out. And I really liked it. I was like, this is super cool. I was like, Mark, like I, and I started learning more about marketing because I thought it was bullshit like marketing
2: like
1: <laughs> pussy ass little, <laughs> little bitches, whatever. <clears throat> Even creatives. Like I made fun of creatives my whole life. I was like military guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Creatives are pussies. <laughs> uh, but it's like, couldn't be further from the truth. Right. And now it's super silly, but like I, my favorite part of this job, like the numbers and like figuring out analytical systems that are going to generate a return. And you know, this is what we are. Our ROAS is X, Y, Z, and we're able to reduce this. And our ACV went up or ABC went up our ACV went up and our acquisition costs are down and like fun. Great. Love it. Super into it love to figure out that problems and solve those problems for people. Cause they're super fun. Like this piece of content was working better than this piece of content. Let's put majority of the budget, like cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But like the creative process, that's where I, it's super fun to me. Mm-hmm. Like, like coming up with a storyboard and like, sh- like really laying out like the, how we're going to shoot this. And then the actual act of filming and like, is my, did I charge my batteries? Is my frame rates right? Am I shutter is my shutter speed correct? Am I shooting this right? Like, should we shoot in, in, in one twenty slow-mo or should we shoot it? in? like, how should we film this? Like, should we use multiple cameras? Do we need a drone, like do these things like how are we going to bring it into post? Like, how are we going to edit this? Should I color grade this to look darker, brighter? Like how the feeling, what's the mood? What's the, like all this stuff goes into it. Even like down to, I mean, I've spent so long trying to find the, the right <laughs> sound, just the right whoosh for a pan mm-hmm. or a flyover hours for a whoosh one three <laughs> second less sound one second it's like a that's what it sounds like yeah you know or like 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 helicopter noises like just stupid shit and i spend so much time like on those little because it's fun to me i really enjoy it yeah. um but that's the the fun part of like this now like creative side but to answer your question like why I do what I do. It's because mm-hmm. I, I honestly think that helping people like achieve their American dream, like growing a business mm-hmm. and helping them grow to the heights that they never knew they thought possible or to the thoughts that they thought possible. They just didn't know how to do it. Like that's, that's super stoked. Like that makes me super stoked. I love it. I enjoy that, mm-hmm. that aspect of the, that idea of this like marketing business. I've
0: been thinking about that a lot. Like the why of business after you, after we have talked about that, like, why do I do what I do? Why do people do the thing that they do? It's just interesting.
1: I don't think a lot of people think about it.
0: Mm-mm.
1: You know, I don't like to be like or sound like some like wishy. You know, oh, hold on one second. Thirty minute round I don't like to sound like some like wishy like you know like you know, whatever creative type or something like that. <laughs> but it like to spend time, like thinking about these things, thinking about the why, you know, it really like it, it'll help you. And the re the way that it will help you. Is it was will. I think it will help you define the things that you want to do for people. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's just life, right? You got to do some shit that you don't want. And, but it either it, it facilitates a need, a temporary thing. But at the end of the day, like if you can really hone down the why mm-hmm. and you can figure out what it is you want to even do for people, if you're in this entrepreneurship game and you're not just some nine to five employee, which like, there's nothing wrong with nine to five employees. No. Some people, they literally just want to show up, do their thing, go home, do it, man. hundred percent. Like if you can be happy doing that, Oh my God, do that thing.
0: But it's all, it's like a necessary part of society. So like, if that's what you want to do, like society requires that.
1: Not only does it require it, it is awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. Like so good.
0: Listen, I think back to when I was in practice and I would go into the office in the morning and then I would go home at night. Yeah. And that was it.
1: And Uh, then on the weekends. When I was in the military, Mm -hmm. same thing. Showed up, right time, right place, right uniform. Yeah, <laughs> that was ninety percent of it. Right yeah. time, right place, right uniform. Mm-hmm. I got to work out a lot, a lot. <laughs> <It was> great. <laughs> Lived in San Diego, now I leave. I leave. I leave the office, and I'm like, did I do enough?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Should I be doing more? Do I need to work tonight? Do I need to wake up at five and work in the morning? Like, eh, w- like never. Not, nonstop
0: hmm I never feel like I do enough, and that's one of the things I always have to gauge: is have you done enough, and what is enough? Like that's always a question: Are you doing enough? Are you should you bring on more business? Should you go? Should you launch into a new part of business? Because my internal talk track is like you can do you can do more.
1: Sure. Yeah,
0: and I think most entrepreneurs feel that way.
1: So different. (laughs) Mine's like. (laughs) <laughs> you fucking pussy Like fucking do that more You piece of Listen, shit
0: Listen My internal talk track Should give your Internal talk track Some Some kind words
1: But like <laughs> Mine's like a Mine's like a double negative Like it, work, it ends up Becoming a positive
0: I'd like an example of that
1: It's like Like I told you You're working out It's like Pick up the bar You fucking pussy You know you can do it <laughs> Like There's a positive there Mm-hmm. Like I know, I, yeah, you should be picking up the bar. You should be moving faster. You should be running harder. Like this morning I was like sprinting next to Kendall and I was beating her, obviously, because I'm a guy and I've, <laughs> I have obviously, do not know, obviously, <laughs> but, I didn't mean to, but like I was, was being in the sprints, but it wasn't about her. Like, I was like, I should be running faster. I was like, turn around quicker. I was like, and I saw at the end of the, the end of the runway, I was like, oh, there's a little lip on the concrete, like dig into that and turn around and sprint harder use those little holes and drive off the hole. like get faster, faster. I'm like, why are you going fast? You fucking idiot. Like move faster. And then I put the bar down. I only did five reps. I'm like, why did I only do five? I should have just done 10. I was like, well, the workout did call for 135 and I'm using 155. I was like, but that doesn't matter. Like just fucking pick the bar up. Like stop being a little bitch about this shit. Like that's what, like the whole time, sometimes I'm able to just like Zen out. If it's like a, a workout I've done a lot, but if it's something that I've, I've never, I I don't know the last time I put sprints and power cleans together in a workout. Yeah. So I'm like, now I'm thinking about the like, okay, well I could have gone faster here. I should have moved quicker here. It's like, maybe we shouldn't have taken a break. There shouldn't have been a rest in between the workout. Like mm-hmm. that was a bad idea. Like I should have just gone harder and like f- forced my legs to drive off. Like, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have an internal talk track that's like, it's not like, uh, okay. Sometimes my talk track is like, you could do better fucker. Like, what are you doing? But it's usually more loving. It's much more loving than that. But I'm always encouraging myself like, yeah, you can do this for 30 more seconds. Yeah. You can do anything for another minute.
1: I guess that's, I mean, well, person to person, but I feel like male to female. It's just like a different. Yeah. Like I don't know any of my friends who we talk about this stuff that they were like, they have a cheerleader in their head. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is like, pick up the bar, you little bitch. Like,
0: Well, it's also funny. So like the, the workout that we did today, you were running with Kendall and mm-hmm. you were like, I need to go faster. But I was running with another girl and I was like, oh, like I don't want her to feel bad if I sprint faster than her. Like, that was my thought. That was my thought. Like, I don't want to, like, leave her in the dust. But then I was like, and then you yelled from the gym, like, stop talking and start sprinting. And I was like, bye, Katie. And I just, like, went for it.
1: Yeah, It's funny.
0: That's the difference, though.
1: Well, I wasn't even thinking, like, I need to beat Kendall more. No, it
0: wasn't a beating. It was like, I wasn't, I didn't want to not run faster to not beat her. It was like, I just, like, don't, I don't want her to feel bad. Like, I don't want her to...
1: Well that's what I'm saying Like I didn't want to run harder Because I wanted to like I mean Kendall wasn't even in my head mm-hmm. It was just all me I'm like yeah. I need to push myself harder Because I need to run faster Yeah And then I, I also thought a little bit about Like Did I? Yeah Because like When's the last time you even sprinted? I'm like you're a fucking idiot Why don't you sprint more? Like you know sprinting sucks Like you should do more Yeah I live next to A mountain Like run up the fucking mountain I used to do sprints there Like every weekend I remember you said that That's the worst The mm-hmm. best Ugh.
0: when you go, when we go back for a second to what is somebody's why, what do you think are good ways to help people like connect with that for them, for their business?
1: I heard this great thing from this guy named Ricardo Semler. Um, he's a Brazilian business guy, but he said, you got to ask yourself why three times. And typically most people, by the time, th- the third time you ask yourself why you have no fucking clue. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, literally just start what is your business? I sell blinds. Why do I sell blinds? Okay. Well, I sell blinds because my dad sold blinds and I took over the family business. Well, why do I, why did I want to take over the family business? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Well, I, you know, and just ask yourself these like why questions, like get down to the depths of like what it is that you even want. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you find out you don't even like selling blinds, which is cool too you know, and then you use the selling of the blinds as a catalyst to be able to launch yourself in the direction that you want to go. Mm -hmm. Maybe you love cartoon character drawing and you want to become a a character drawer. So then, you know, you realize that the blinds selling allows you to have a little bit extra spare cash. So you go down to the street corner on the weekends, somewhere in a populated area and say, Hey, uh, I'm trying to get involved in this character drawing because I love drawing characters of people. Uh, can I draw your character for free? Mm -hmm. And you do that for 20 people and you do it for every weekend just to like express yourself or whatever, try and develop and see if this is your thing. And then you start charging for it. And then, you know, maybe you come up with the next cartoon or who knows, Mm -hmm. you know, but like you, you delve deep down into those, those thought processes and you ask yourself those questions and you have to be completely honest with yourself and you have to be able to be ready to find out something you may not have wanted to find out.
0: I also think in asking those questions, because I do something similar with my clients, you have to get to a layer of emotional connection for most people. So like if I'm talking to a woman and she's like, I want to start a business because I want time freedom and I want time freedom because I want to spend more time with my kids and I want to spend more time with my kids because I love them. like That's not enough. There has to be some deep emotional connection. That is the thing that they're connected to. So that way when shit gets really hard, because it will inevitably at some moment, they can tap into that deeper, emotional, connected why to propel them through whatever the shit is.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like a, I guess you could equate it to like a, a relationship, like, right? Like you have this great thing and like the honeymoon phase and the blah, mm. and it falls off. I mean, that happens with a business, like Mm -hmm. you could be super passionate about some idea or thing and like your confidence is going to wane at times. Totally. You're not going to be a hundred percent convicted a hundred percent of the time, Mm -mm. you know, regardless of whatever you actually tell yourself versus whatever actually happens. So I, you know, you, you gotta be ready for those periods of time, those lulls. And then sometimes you're going to be super stoked about your business or your thing, And fucking COVID shows up Mm -hmm. and no one knocks on your door or answers your emails or, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. I think, I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I'm probably wrong. I don't know. Probably wrong. But like all those, a lot of the businesses that are suffering, you know, they, some of them are restaurants, right? And their margins are like 3%. Like it's really tough like bad. But like a lot of the companies, the owners that are suffering, they probably took too much. You know, they paid themselves Mm too much. They didn't, properly understand how to do inventory. They didn't, there's like systems that they failed at that have put them in this position, you know? And then when you run against times of extreme pressure, because I've done it, I did it when I, right when I got out of the military, I worked for my dad's company, the shit turned South a lot. And we had to figure out how to do more with less
2: mm-hmm.
1: or fail. And we didn't fail. So we did more with less.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you're either not prepared to go to those depths or plan for the worst, then you're you're gonna have a hard time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's why, what, like this, what are the stats on failed businesses? Super high? It's super high. Yeah. Cause people don't plan for it. They like romanticize the idea of starting a business and think like, oh, if I build it, they will come. It's like, no, no, no. No. Like, you know, and like I said before, there's so many great tools out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Google puts out so much educational content. Facebook puts out a whole free course thing that you can go through to learn how to become an expert Facebook marketer. You know, it's all out there. The Google partner program, the Facebook blueprint, the blueprint program, it's all there for you to consume and use in your free time for free. I think what people need to really do is they need to inventory their time and figure out like what they're doing. If watching Netflix for six hours a night makes you happy and you're cool with that, be cool with that. Yeah. But if there's a part of you that says like, I hate myself for doing X. Well, inventory that figure out a way that you can re- remedy it and then actively make the change. I equate a lot of this stuff in business to fitness. Cause I think it has a relative, like if people get it, yeah. but you know, if everyone expected a four minute mile and a 500 pound back squat on the first day, they did the, the ran or worked out or whatever you would quit. That's, but that's not a realistic expectation. Like you can't like be excited. Like I'm at the gym. I'm stoked. I got a trainer. I got all stuff like, cool. Let's work out. But you have to keep doing the thing every day, five days a week, seven days a week, mm-hmm. every single day. To, to And, and then doing the other stuff. So it's like, here's the, the, the equate to business. It's for fitness. You show up to the gym, you do the hard work, you work out, you exercise, but then you have to do the after stuff. What's the after stuff? Uh, you have to stretch because if you don't stretch and maintain the muscle tissue, then it's not going to heal really well. And it's not going to be really pliable. And, and you're going to end up like, you're going to take a step off of a staircase and you're going to tear your meniscus. Yep. And you're gonna be like, Oh man, working out, tore my meniscus. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, Your shitty movement patterns because you didn't learn how to squat properly, Mm -hmm. and you never stretched, and you never took care of the tissues, and you didn't drink enough water, and you didn't eat healthy, and all the things that you're supposed to do behind the scenes. All you wanted to do was the sexy, fun stuff, which is like lift heavy weights. All those bad decisions—that's what fucked you up. Yeah. Same thing in business. It's like everyone—they start, "Oh man, I'm gonna get into whatever company, and it's gonna be great. This industry is like booming. Uh, It's digital media, and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna make Facebook ads for people, and it's gonna be super cool." And you show up and then you don't do the things behind the scenes. You know, you don't do the, you don't do the extra learning. You don't, you're not a, a consumer of the marketplace. You're not watching what everyone else is doing. You're not consuming the things that people are saying. You're not listening to the audience. You'll, your ads aren't going to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Your ads are going to fail. Your, your CPAs are going to be super high. Your your acquisition costs are going to be high. If at all, you know, you're not going to have any acquisitions. You're not going to, you're not going to know the things and do the things behind the scenes that need to be done. Mm-hmm. The fun, sexy, outward things that people show, flexing with a Lambo, you know, trying to squat heavy weight. Yeah. They only hold up so much until they don't. It's like, hmm, your body is like your business. Your body, like your business, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: will make up for all the shitty decisions that you make until it can't anymore. And that's when you tear your shoulder. Mm -hmm. That's when you get diabetes you know, that's when your business and fails and implodes. That's when your company culture destroys itself from the inside. That's when you run out of funds during uh, an epidemic because you didn't properly allocate, you know, you, you weren't properly preparing.
0: I think it's a lot of, so like the the biggest thing I feel like this pandemic has taught me and a lot of business owners is you have to have the ability to pivot Mm. and the ability to pivot means I have to let go of the ego And I have to do the necessary things to propel the business forward. But I think so many people are so tied to the original idea that the thought of pivoting or doing something with their business makes them feel like they fail. Makes them feel like they fail. And so they don't want to do that.
1: I love the uh, example of the of ice. Like Mm -hmm. literally before in-home ice machines, before factory ice machines and delivered ice, Mm -hmm. there was an ice farmer. He never saw the future coming. He was like, you know, we're going to be ice farmers. We're going to freeze water in the cold and we're going to cut it up and ship it to houses. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then came along like the ice deliveries where they would make ice in one central location. And the people that made ice in one central location and put it in trucks and drove it to your house. They never saw in-home freezers Mm -hmm. making ice themselves. You know, like they didn't see it. it is the same thing. Like, kodak i'm this is not my quote but kodak should have created instagram Mm -hmm. but they didn't Mm -mm. they didn't see it coming they didn't have set the new so like just because you pivot doesn't mean you fail Mm -mm. you know i I, there i can't think of any the top of my head right now but i know that there's huge businesses that have been built today
0: like blockbuster and netflix yeah Yeah. all that stuff Mm -hmm. they
1: should have pivoted yeah they're like no we're blockbuster. We have this great experience where people come and rent movies and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, dude, you didn't see this coming? Right. You know? Uh, like the big movie studios, they should have created YouTube.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, all this stuff. But unfortunately, I think what happens is is people get so... like It's just the same thing with like... You see like the fat dude at the gym. He's like so set in his routines and he thinks he's doing such a good job. But you can clearly see it's like, bro, like whatever you're doing, like you're coming here every day and we see you just grunting and yelling and you're sweating. But like, what's happening? There's
0: nothing. There's no change. There's no change. Yeah. There's
1: no change happening. You're static. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And if you get static, you die.
0: But I think like the reason why the statistic on so many businesses that fail is that somebody comes into a business, they have a dream, they have an idea, and they want to go tunnel vision into that thing. But as you start a business, and I'm saying this from experience, like I went into business wanting to have a certain type of business and be a certain type of coach. And I have pivoted massively at least four times because i'm like what does the market want What does the market bear what do people want to learn from me people wanted me to be a business coach mm. they're like you're a lawyer you speak this language and i was like fuck no i'm not a business coach i was resistant for six months i was like i'm not a business coach that's not what i do
1: is there a reason you resisted it
0: a part of it was because I had left <clears throat> practice as an attorney and when I left practice I like wanted no association with that identity as an attorney.
1: You just like dropped law. I
0: was like fuck that no esquire on my name. I didn't tell it's people the best title. <laughs> I didn't tell people I I was an attorney. Like I was in a mastermind and my guy friends would be like, she's a trial. She was a trial attorney. I'd be like, shut up.
1: You have to leverage that. You know?
0: And so I tried to like avoid. How many times I
1: leveraged the veteran thing.
0: I know. But I wanted to abandon. Like I, I. I did too. I wanted no association. Yeah. But. Even though I didn't, I didn't ha- want a connection to that, that's what people wanted from me. And that's honestly what is the easiest thing for me to do. And it's the Flow easiest like way water. for me to connect with people is through being a business coach. And so I've had to pivot. And most entrepreneurs don't want to do that. They want to be like, this is what I'm doing. And I'm going to do the same thing every day over and over, even though I'm getting broker and broker. And that's it.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. That's the problem for sure. Like people get tunnel visioned.
0: They get so tunnel visioned. Something I, it's off of what we're talking about now, but we had talked about it earlier. Um, and it, it, it's along the lines of people just doing what they want to do because they want to do it. We talked earlier and you touched on it about like the, you didn't, you didn't say it like I'm going to say it, but I'll say it the way I speak. It's the, the energy with which we create things. So We talked earlier about email marketing, or Mm. we can even apply it to, you know, Instagram posts and content that we put out. There is a certain energy that put that people put into the things that they create. And a lot of times it's very self-serving. It's not educational. And they wonder why that doesn't convert or why, like, people aren't opening their emails. Yeah. So what is the advice that you would give to a content creator? on how to appropriately create the right content, the right emails, the right videos, the right posts for their business and their audience?
1: I guess I think it takes time, right? Like, so what I mean by it takes time is you have to test out a lot of different things. Well, I guess going back even further, I think I know what you're getting at. If you first off write an email, or write an article or make a video and you didn't care enough to actually put the time effort and energy required to make it what you would consider good something that you actually as a per- like would derive any value from Then why the fuck would anyone else mm-hmm. right so if you're just like oh i got to write an email because you know i got to hit my list up why they don't want to hear from you they don't want to hear about your half-ass shitty effort to contact them. They don't care as much as you don't care.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you actually care and you're trying to put your all into something, put your, get an idea. All right. say like you're going to go with one, I, like one train of thought and you're going to just create stuff for like three months, make the stuff for three months, continue to put stuff out on a, on a regular basis, whether that's twice a week, once a week, whatever the frequency is, but you do that thing consistently for the given time period or duration, then go back and look at the analytics. Use the tools available. Did people engage with it? Did you actually go and respond to comments? Did you message people and say, hey, look, I saw that you made an article or wrote an article or made a video that was similar to mine. Like, hey, I'd love it if you'd check me out and give me some feedback and maybe I can, how I can do better. Like engage the community at large and figure out what it is that they want, what it is that they're looking for, and give it to them. So, you know, if you don't know, then how are you going to find out? Well, ask them, you know, like Twitter is out there. Instagram is out there. You can use the explore tab. You can use the Twitter find tab, look up hashtags that are relevant to your business or product or service. Find out what people are talking about. You know, maybe you're trying to build the next sales force and you look at hashtag CRM. And you're like, Oh, everyone hates this one thing that Salesforce does. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm a programmer and I can figure out how to work into my code or my CRM or whatever, this glaring flaw that for whatever reason, Salesforce is so big, it takes them 17 months to figure out and they don't finish it. And I can market to all Salesforce people and say like, look, I have a CRM that I'm in development. I'd love you to test it out for free. Um, you know, and I fixed this issue that I saw you complaining about on Twitter. Would you like to use my product for free for three months or for a month and check it out and see if it will work for your business? I don't know. Maybe that would work. Maybe it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, if you expect people to pay, pay something, but you've never, you know, it's not tested or vetted in the marketplace. I don't, there's, there, the, my favorite thing about business is as long as you're being ethical, there's no rules, Mm-mm. right? There's no rules that say that you can't do this thing. Mm-hmm. Just do it. You don't need permission. Mm-hmm. Just go, have it. Here, I'll give you permission. Do it. You have my permission. It means absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. Go and do the thing. And as long as you aren't ripping people off or being a bad person and you're being actually ethical then fine, go do the thing and there's no rules against it. And it's, it's the same thing with the comes back to content like create the thing, make the thing, try it out, test it, see what happens. You never know. Maybe you make a video and you're like, ah, that was stupid. I don't know. And you post it and it fucking goes viral Mm -hmm. because of one thing that you said or did or something that was silly or whatever. Who knows? I don't know. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I mean, that shit happened for, Like there, there are guys out there that claim that they have the system to make the viral videos every time and time again and blah, blah, blah. Sure. Fine. But as far as like, I I was like dollar shave club, like he didn't know. He just wrote a silly concept. He thought it would work well. And now people use him as a model and they're like, oh, we got to make the dollar shave club kind of guy video. And it doesn't work for every business. And all, all the shave companies have tried it all the beard wax oil things, they all do that same style video, you know? And, but he just, that dude, I listened to the podcast where he talked about it. He's like, I don't know. I just, I was a marketer and I did video stuff and I, I thought it was a funny and silly idea. We had no aspirations whatsoever. He's like, he was like a family friend, had a warehouse full of like $75,000 worth of razors. He was like <laughs> shit tons of razors or something like that. And he was like, do you think you can sell these? And he's like, I have no idea. And he came up with an idea to make a silly video. And then it ended up going viral and it being a thing like he didn't know. He just tested something. So like test a lot of things, try some different things, like expand your creativity, try and do something different, you know, or if all else fails, just be like, Hey, look, my name is such and such. And I do this thing because I love it. And I would love to work with you. And if you don't want to work with me, keep scrolling. Try that. That might work. Be genuine and sincere. If you're not creative, Mm -hmm. you know, who knows?
0: I feel like for you, like the basic tenets of everything you talk and teach about are you need to put out valuable content. Mm. You need to put the content out consistently. Yeah. Um,
1: Keep it simple. Stupid. Keep it simple. Stupid. You love to say
0: that. Kiss it up. Um, You need to consider the analytics and do market research.
1: Yeah, it's important. I don't think it's the end-all be-all.
0: And you need to just test shit out.
1: Yeah, try new things. Yeah. How do you know if you like burritos? You try a burrito. How do you know if people are going to like your video? Try it out. How do you know if people are going to think your tweet's funny? Tweet it. Who cares?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like... There's some, like, obvious things that, like, don't be an asshole. You know, like, don't in, in uh, purposely incite eight or you know, like, come on. Don't be a racist. Yeah. Don't be a racist clearly or sexist. (laughs) Don't be a
0: misogynist.
1: Sure. Fine. Maybe a little bit. (laughs) I don't know, but you know, but then also if it's funny, I don't know, maybe you're a comedian, say some controversial shit. I have no idea. I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. All I know is that if you believe in your product or service or you're an entrepreneur business owner and you're not trying new things in a creative way, to reach your desired demographic. Like, look, the coolest thing about entrepreneurship, the coolest thing about social media is that you can make a video today with your phone and some simple tools or not prop your phone up on a book and you can go to YouTube and learn some simple things about filmmaking and make a cool creative video relatively quickly for little to no money. You already have your phone there. So use it, you know, and interestingly enough, In my experience, the kind of content that works the best isn't fancy. It's not drone footage flying over the Grand Canyon where you're jumping off a mountain and blah, blah, blah. It's not that shit. It's literally, hey, what's up? I'm sitting at my desk and I was just thinking about this product that I have to offer. And I'm so stoked about it because of this reason. You know, if you're a type of person that needs help with XYZ or wants this thing solved, you know, I would love to talk to you. You know, I have a form down below, click the thing, fill out the form or you know what? just text this phone number. Just text me and I will answer you and we'll set up a convo. Or hey, it's just, on, it's just shoot me a message here on Facebook. If you click that button, it'll shoot me a message. Just shoot me a message and I personally will talk to you and we'll see if I can work with you. And if I can't work with you, I'll, I'll leave you alone forever. Try that. That will probably get you an amazing amount of sales. Mm. Just literally being sincere, holding up your phone, talking to the camera and do that twice a week or every day And then figure out, here's it. Okay, practical tactical strategy. This is my favorite tactical strategy that people can do nowadays. Live functions are super great for a lot of people because they can just click the button, they go live, they talk for 30 minutes, and that's it. So if you know who your audience is or you have a general idea who people you want to sell your product or service to, structure a live video. First 10 seconds, be super exciting and engaging. Give people a reason to stop. Get into your why story. Tell them how you do what you do. or Tell them why you do what you do. Tell them how you do what you do. Tell them what you do. Sign off the video. Then turn around. Assign a decent budget. 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 500, $1,000, whatever your, your budget is. Put the bulk of your budget on a video view campaign. Strictly just to get eyeballs on that video. So you went live on your platform, whether YouTube or Facebook. Let's use Facebook here. So you went live on Facebook you paid Facebook money to show people this video that are in your desired demographic. And then you create a simple retargeting ad so you can go into your Facebook custom audiences. You go to custom audiences, click create custom audience, click video, consumption. there's a a video views based off video views. And then you can target people who watch 50% or more of your video. So if someone, if you made a six or 10 or 15 minute video and someone sat around for half of it, They might, you might relatively with some relative Mm -hmm. certainty, you could say that they're somewhat interested in whatever you had to say. Now retarget them with your direct response ad. Hey, my name is Kyle. And I saw that you watched 50% of my video. How do I know that? Well, Facebook has a cool tool. Doesn't matter. Not important. The fact of the matter is, is I talked about X, Y, and Z, and I would love to help you more with that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If that sounds interesting to you, I made this messenger ad. All you have to do is click that button down below. It sends me a message directly from you to say, Hey, I'm interested in talking about this and I will get back to you as soon as humanly possible. Now, what you did is you used a a simple video view campaign on Facebook to, to reach a cold targeted audience. You got people to consume your content and then from the consumption you retargeted based upon their consumption. So you're only showing your direct response ad to people who have already expressed interest in you because they watched 50% of your six minute video. That's probably the winning strategy. That's going to work for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that's not going to work because you're only talking to people who have actually spent the time to watch your shit. So that's my two cents. Super easy to do. I, I don't know. How, I can't get much easier than that. I get, honestly can't practicality behind it. Tripod or a book, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, phone, live button, click, go. Simple. Go. The only somewhat difficult part would be to create the retargeting audience. Maybe that's about it.
0: So one of the things, and as we're closing out, I want you to talk about this. The, the comment I get from on, entrepreneurs all the time is they feel like, they're not creative enough, or they—they're scared to be creative. Something that is an interesting mix that you have is you're this very analytical thinker, but you're very, very creative, and you'll just try shit and like test it out and like see if it works. What is some advice that you can give to somebody who is struggling with that creative testing portion of what? Who's you're your saying? favorite
1: director? Uh, J- J- Wes J- Anderson. Do you think when Wes Anderson, before he made his first movie, was Wes Anderson? No. 100% no. So like anyone out there, whoever your favorite creative is, artist, photographer, director, actor, whatever. Like, do you think Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio or Tom Hanks had the stage presence and ability to do what they do now before they did it? But obviously not. They weren't born with these things. They may have had some raw talent, but that talent was honed and refined after years and years and years. So make the thing and then keep making it and refine the process, refine the thing. Like whoever you like, whoever your guy is or your girl is, whoever you follow, they weren't the thing they are today. When they first started, they were, sh- they were sh- shades of it. You know, something was there underneath, but through time and consistency, they honed the, the being who they wanted to become And they didn't fake it till they made it. They fake it till they became it.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And, or what what is this? I forget that. There was a Ted talk with the girls at something great. Anyways, doesn't matter. Like just, just continue to make the thing. And then you will become the person who you desire to be. If you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, you know, I think that's about it. Just do it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Just keep doing it. Do it again. And again, pick up the fucking bar. You pussy. (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>